a miracle ordained by heaven. This boy is our king. What's the lad's name? Uh, what? Oh, uh, I mean Arthur. Hail, King Arthur! Hail, King Arthur! Long live the king! Hail, and welcome to Honto Ego, Japan's only 99.9% English podcast hosted at my dinner table. My name is Matt, I am a Canadian living in Japan, and today's topic is characterization. That's a big word. Characterization. Uh, so if we break that down, you know, it's got the word character in it, right? And as we all know, character is probably one of, if not the biggest element of fiction, right? Of storytelling. Characters are so important. Characterization is basically the process of describing a character or giving a character life. Um, so, characterization is basically the way that the writer of a book or the writer of a movie or whatever tells us about the character. Now, there are two types of characterization. There is direct characterization and indirect characterization. So let's go through those. Direct characterization is when you have the narrator or a character in the story or the character themselves describing a character. So basically, you're being told what a character is like, right? Indirect characterization, on the other hand, is when we're learning about what a character is like through maybe their actions or through, you know, their relationships with other people, how other people react to them, and so on. So let me give you a quick example of characterization, um, direct and indirect. If you were reading a story about me, right, about Matt, and let's say it's a third-person story, the narrator says, Matt walked into the room. He was big and ugly and mean, right? He sat down at the dinner table and he recorded a podcast, right? That would be direct characterization, giving me adjectives like big, ugly, and mean, right? Indirect characterization, on the other hand, would be like, uh, like this. Matt walked into the room. He saw a puppy and he decided to kick it. The puppy flew out the window. Then Matt sat down and recorded a podcast, right? Uh, just through my actions, right? You can tell, okay, this guy's mean, right? This guy doesn't like animals or whatever. That's not true. I love animals. I would never kick a puppy. But, you know, that's an example of indirect characterization. Maybe, you know, a character walks into a room and other characters panic and they go, oh, look, it's Matt. Ah, run away, right? That would be indirect characterization. Oh, look, it's Matt. He's big and ugly and I hate him. Run away. That would be direct characterization. So another way to phrase this, right? Um, direct characterization is also called explicit characterization. Have you heard the word explicit before? If something is explicit, it's like very, very clear, right? Um, it also has the meaning of something that is very, very bad or like 
uh, graphic, but in this case, explicit is very, very clear. Indirect characterization is also called implicit characterization. So implicit characterization, uh, it's relating to the word imply, right? So explicit is direct, implicit is indirect, implied. So arguably, movies are the most popular modern form of storytelling, right? People love going to the movies more than they like sitting down and reading a book. I, I totally understand that. Um, movies don't often have narrators these days, right? So you don't really have anyone directly describing characters unless it's characters doing it about other characters. Um, so movies are full of indirect characterization, right? In movie writing, in screenwriting, this is what they call show, don't tell, right? Show how a character is by what they do, how they act, right? Don't tell the audience um, how they are. And in the case of movie writing, a lot of screenwriters believe that showing, not telling, is more powerful writing, or it's more effective writing, because, you know, you're, you're requiring deeper viewership, right? You're requiring the guy watching the movie to think carefully and to come up with their own conclusions about character, right? And their own opinions about character. Stories and books, on the other hand, are told in a really different way, right? You almost always need a narrator in a book. Um, you know, it could be a third-person narrator, like talking about he, she, they, Matt, uh, or it could be a first-person narrator talking through I, 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 where the narrator is a character in the story, right? Maybe the main character. I think one of the main ways that books differ from movies is that showing not telling in books is not always the best way, I think. I think because when you're reading a book, you have to use your imagination, right? You have to imagine the characters and the way that they talk to some extent. Um, you know, sometimes it's better for the narrator to say things directly, you know, because they can still phrase things in a beautiful way, right? It's not that direct characterization is less beautiful than indirect. Um, you know, sometimes indirect seems more clever, but I think direct characterization can be really beautiful and really clever if the writer is good at writing. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about a really great novel or a collection of novels called The Once and Future King by the writer T.H. White. So The Once and Future King is a collection, I guess you can call it, a collection of five novels about King Arthur. Everyone, have you heard of King Arthur before? King Arthur is this mythical king of England in old stories and legends. Maybe you know a few things about King Arthur. Um, you know, most stories about King Arthur are set somewhere between the year 400 and 500. Uh, CE, Common Era, so, you know, 1,500 years ago, uh, in this kind of mythical kingdom of Camelot, 
and he's got his knights of the round table right these like uh brave knights that hang out at a round table like sir lancelot sir gawain and his magical mythical sword excalibur right which he pulled from a stone to prove that he was the rightful king of england th white's the once and future king i'll just talk about the five books under that one title the once and future king is a beautifully written novel i think um and not too difficult to follow or to understand because th white uses a lot of modern language to talk about these very old stories so you don't have to worry about reading like old english it's the kind of novel that i think any age can read maybe from 10 and up i think people can read it now the setting in the once and future king is old england and it is the kingdom of camelot but th white doesn't spend a lot of time describing the setting in any situation nor is the plot that important i feel like it's very episodic like it's almost like a collection of shorter stories into one big story um, and a lot of the stories are well known to a lot of english readers right king arthur is a very well-known figure in legends so the thing that th white really focuses on i believe is characterization the once and future king is full of these charming funny sad memorable characters it's really really well done um so you have arthur right king arthur the main character he starts off as this kind of outcast lonely little boy named wart um you know everyone calls him wart instead of arthur and he grows over the course of the five smaller novels into you know the legendary king this brave warrior right and he goes through this internal characterization of i want to be a hero fighting is heroic but then he slowly changes his mind to realize oh war is bad right um, but it's done so in a very initially childlike and eventually mature way that's really handled well then you have the character of merlin right merlin the magician who is born in the future and is living backwards in time right and he serves as the mentor to arthur merlin is this really funny quirky strange character who he makes constant references to the future and technologies that don't exist right which we as the readers understand but all the other characters are confused by and as the novel goes on merlin gets younger and he knows everything that's going to happen just like the readers know right so he knows that king arthur will eventually die he knows how he will die um so he's this very unique guiding light kind of like this conscience for king arthur then you have other characters um, that live in Camelot and support King Arthur. And the one character that really stuck out to me in the earlier parts of the Once and Future King is Arthur's half-brother, Kay. Kay is Arthur's, you know, big brother in a sense, right? And by all rights, he was supposed to take over um, his father's castle. Kay is kind of this bullying tragic figure right 
And the way that he's described by T.H. White is initially, you know, very unlikable, right? He's this character that kind of bullies the main character, Arthur. Um, Kay has everything given to him. His life seems to be easy. Nobody wants to scold him or tell him no. But once Arthur becomes king and Kay is kind of left to this lower kingdom, he really becomes this sad character that we can sympathize with, right? That we can feel a bit sorry for. Um, almost like he's trapped in this role, right? So within the once and future king, there is lots of examples of indirect characterization, right? We see a lot of cases of characters acting a certain way that tells us about their character. Uh, when we're first introduced to Arthur and to Kay, his brother, um, you know, we see Kay give up because something is difficult and too inconvenient, whereas Arthur continues and he struggles and he eventually does this difficult task, right? That's all throughout the book. But I think T.H. White is really strong at writing these short, few-sentence descriptions of characters that tell us so much more than what is just being said. So he gives us direct characterization, but he does so in this deep, profound way that tells us so much more about the characters. Now, by the end of the first book, the first part of The Once and Future King, called The Sword in the Stone, which is all about King Arthur's childhood before he became king, by the end of that book, you don't really like Kay, right? Like I said, he's the spoiled older brother who bullies Arthur. But right near the end of the book, T.H. Uh, White drops this little bit of characterization that really, really floored me. It really blew me away. So I'm going to read that right now. I've got my book here. Let's see. All right, so this is kind of after a time jump uh, in Arthur and Kay's childhood when they are kind of young men, um, and Kay is training to become a knight. <clears throat> As the years went by, Kay became more difficult. He always used a bow too big for him, and did not shoot very accurately with it either. He lost his temper and challenged nearly everybody to have a fight, and in those few cases where he did actually have the fight, he was invariably beaten. Also, he became sarcastic. He made the sergeant miserable by nagging him about his stomach, and went on at the wart, Arthur, about his father and mother when Sir Ector was not about. So we have a few examples there of direct and indirect characterization, but this next part is the part that really blew me away. <clears throat> he did not seem to want to do this. It was as if he disliked it, but could not help it. Let me read that one more time. He did not seem to want to do this. It was as if he disliked it, but could not help it. So right after giving us all these descriptors of K, right, all these examples of his character, you know, we feel like we know K pretty well by the end of the book, and T.H. White suddenly drops in this, you know, bombshell, this heavy information that K doesn't want to be the way he is, but he feels like he has to. And this is the kind of writing that T.H. White drops into his books all the time, right? Just here and there, he drops these little nuggets of information that are really relatable, I think, on a 
philosophical way or on a psychological way to real readers, no matter the age. We can all remember being that kind of bratty teenager like Kay. And, you know, we have those moments of clarity where we realize I'm being a jerk. I'm being a bad person. I don't want to be the way I am. And yet we feel like we're in this role that we have to play out. We have to continue acting the way we do because we can't suddenly change who we are. That would be more strange, wouldn't it? So to round out this week's book recommendation, that book again is T.H. White's The Once and Future King, which was published in the 1950s um, in the UK. He's an English writer. If you like, um, you know, fantasy, if you like medieval times, um, if you like knights and chivalry, and if you like relatable real characters and cute Disney-esque comedy, I think you would really enjoy The Once and Future King. So next time you're watching a movie or you're reading a book, Think about characterization and think about whether it's direct or indirect. Are you being told or are you being shown who the characters are? All right, thank you for listening to Honto Ego. Um, as always, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Honto Ego Pod, H O N T O E I G O P O D, Honto Ego Pod on Instagram. And if you have any topic ideas that you want me to talk about, please send me an email at hontoego at gmail.com. All right, everybody, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Get out there and enjoy reading. And finally, Excalibur!